And what's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post-game show, and it's our first loss of the season. But really, it was a big win for the Dodgers because Yoshinobu Yamamoto was an absolute beast. He dominated in his Dodgers debut. In his Major League Baseball debut, we're going to break down his outing. We're going to talk about Max Muncy and the injury that he suffered. We have an update on that. Gavin Lux plays shortstop for the first time defensively. There were some issues the first time since coming back from that injury. Andy Pajes looks like he's going to be a dude. Jose Ramos looks like he's going to be a dude. Joe Kelly struggled a little bit. Ryan Brazier was on the mound. He did his thing. Daniel Hudson, he had some good moments. We're going to break it all down here on the Dodgers Nation postgame show. So settle in. I want all your takes on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Where are my Yamamaniacs at? Because let's be honest, we knew what Otani was going to be. We know what Otani is capable of doing. It wasn't a surprise to see him go out there and hit a home run. But for Shohei Otani to be there in attendance and be supporting his Japanese teammate, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, he looks like he could go down as the best Japanese pitcher in the history of baseball. That's how good he is. That's the kind of stuff he has. If you watch the show this morning, we prepped you for this. We told you to look for that four-seam fastball with the arm side run with the command. We told you about the nasty splitter, and it was on display today. But give me all your Yoshinobu Yamamoto takes. So let's dive right into the comment section. I know the first loss of the season. Your Dodgers do not get the dub. They fall to the Rangers six to four, but still the story today is Yamamoto. So let's go down below in the comment section. We got Joel Rodriguez. We got Justin Lamas. We're screwed this year. LMFAO. Yeah, forget it. Right. I mean, come on now. We lost the game. It's over, right? King yellow, man. We got the blue wave. Thanks Hernandez for that loss. Yeah. Eliezer Hernandez, not a great inning there. He definitely got roughed up and swaggered. some questionable defense there in center field, but look, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Don't focus too much on what happened happens in these spring training games to focus on the highlights. We got Yamamania go Dodgers up Daniel Macy, Roy Estrada Pajes deserves a spot in right field. We're going to talk about Andy Pajes. A lot of thoughts on Andy Pajes in a little bit. This is the spring training Gary where Andy Pajes goes from Andy pages for some to Andy Pajes, right? Now everyone's going to know his name. We got Lance Lynn just gave up another dinger. That's from golf over there on YouTube. That's always a fire take. Samuel Ellis says pay Pajes is a badass. Pajes is bat and glove. It's time for Yamamania. That's from King Yellowman. Three strikeouts for Miss Yamamoto as good as advertised. Yeah, he did not disappoint. And he got his first big league start under his belt. He was cool, calm, and collected out there on the mound. And we're going to talk about Yoshinobu Yamamoto. That is the lead story. And just look at these highlights. Look at that nasty, dirty splitter that just falls off the table. The fastball command. The way he was out there executing pitches and he's not at a hundred percent he's not where he's going to be in the next few months when he makes the Dodgers opening day start in Seoul Korea but if you look at his start as a whole he goes two innings gave up one hit had three punch outs no walks I predict him to go four strikeouts in two innings and one hit so I was off by one strikeout but 19 pitches 16 four strikes that is more than elite command, 16 strikes in 19 pitches, 84%. That is absolutely pristine command. He said after the game, the fastball cut of the splitter and the curveball, four pitches on display. But really what stood out to me, we're going to break this down batter for batter here, is just look at that first hitter that he faced. 
He strikes out Marcus Simeon on three pitches. He got him on a fastball swinging. The arm side run was on display. And that's what makes his fastball special is how effortless the delivery is to the plate, the execution. And he has that natural arm side run, especially against right-handed hitters. So it goes in on the hands to them. You see it going through those two planes and the low release point. Like we talked about earlier, you're talking about a release point for Yoshinobu Yamamoto, that's at 5.4 to 5.5 feet. That is very low compared to most major league pitchers, right? Most guys are taller than that. He's 5'10". For major league pitchers, around 80% of them, they're at a higher release point than where Yamamoto is. So big league hitters haven't really seen this and that's what is going to work in his favor, especially in year one. So he strikes out Simeon. He gets his punch out. And then the next batter, Carter, he singles to center. Everyone's freaking out. Oh, Yamoto gives up a single, right? Very next batter. First pitch to Langford. He grounds into a 5-4-3 double play. So he gets a strikeout swinging, gives up a single. And then he induces some hot, soft contact with that fastball. And he gets that pitcher's best friend, the double play. So, you look at the efficiency. You look at the command of the zone. He had it all in his very first inning pitching at the big league level. Okay. This is someone who had the nerves going. This is someone who knew that in Japan, people are watching this start. He knows how significant it is. And he went out there and he executes and he comes back there in the bottom of the second. And he was phenomenal. Once again, he strikes out low swinging on three pitches and I think if you go back and rewatch that, what really sticks out to me is he can get that splitter in the zone and throw it for strikes. He can get that curveball in the zone and throw it for strikes and get hitters to take those pitches. The curveball and the splitter, they're not out pitches for him necessarily. Yes, most of his strikeouts come via that splitter, but he can also throw it at any count early in counts. He can steal strikes with that curveball and his splitter and those off-speed pitches. And you saw that in that at-bat to low. You saw him with that nice little mini rainbow curveball still getting the feel for that. And then first pitch to Heim, he gets him to fly out. And actually the second pitch that bat got the curveball for the second strike there. So really nice job there getting the easy fly out. And then just look at Tavares. He's starting to warm up there. It's an 0-2 pitch. He fouls off the first pitch, makes it 0-1, missed inside, and that evens the count at one, one, and then he fouls off another one and one and two, and then you know what's coming. It is the splitter, the world-class splitter, and it just dives out of the zone for strike three, and he finishes the day with another punch out, his third strikeout of the game. And as Rick Monday pointed out during the broadcast, you can see if you look closely when Yamamoto is out there on the mound, he does tap the ball on his glove before he's throwing that splitty. So the good thing is cameras aren't available, right? Unless you're the Houston Trastros and actually Rick Monday actually pointed out. He had a little jab at the Trastros there. He said trash can or no trash can. I believe he said something like that. So that is something to look for moving forward. But yeah, he was as advertised. He was filthy. He was elite. I'm absolutely jacked to see him in Dodger blue doing his thing. I think at the end of the day, he's going to go down as one of the best, if not the best Japanese pitchers in the history of Major League Baseball. I think you're going to talk about that splitter as one of the iconic pitches in the history of the game. It's certainly in the history of the Dodgers. You got Sandy Koufax's curveball, Clayton Kershaw's slider, Fernando Valenzuela's screwball. I think you're going to talk about Yamamoto's splitter as one of the pantheon pitches in the history of Major League Baseball. That is how good it is. 
And Austin Barnes talked after the game. He, of course, said his stuff is really good. He talked about his command, can drill that fastball to both sides of the plate, and he can throw that breaking ball at any point in an at-bat. So, look, I think Austin Barnes has some value in the sense that he has caught Yamamoto more than anyone else. And I think that he makes pitchers feel comfortable. And today was a good example of that. But what did you guys make of Yoshinobu Yamamoto's start out there? He's not even at 100%. He's not even at where he's going to be a month from now or two months from now. That splitter, as Will Smith told me, is lethal. It's absolutely devastating, but it's not completely dialed in. It's only going to get better. And you saw he embarrassed hitters. That's what he does. He's going, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to be embarrassing hitters with that splitter for the Dodgers for the next 10 to 12 seasons. I can get used to this. So it lived up to the hype and more. Like I said, I was more excited for Yamamoto's debut and his first start, not just for the Dodgers, but in all of Major League Baseball than I was for Otani's debut yesterday. But give me your takes on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Are we getting a little too high on this? Is this guy a Cy Young candidate? He's has the fourth highest odds right now to win. I think, look, I've, the first person to say it, rookie of the year, Cy Young in year one. MVP, who knows? Okay, sky's the limit for this guy. Larry Scott, I told you the stat line for Yamamoto. Yeah, shout out to Larry Scott. He nailed this one. Predicted it. Three strikeouts, a hit, two innings work, no walk. Did you say 19 pitches? Did you say 16 strikes? So if that's the case, I need tomorrow's lottery numbers. But Yamamania from Anthony. By the way, we are getting close to 85,000 subscribers. How close are we? Let's check right now. We're at 84,772. Once we hit 85K, we are giving away a brand new Yoshinobu Yamamoto jersey. I'll have to do a celebratory shoey and... You will get a number 18 Yamamoto jersey. All you have to do is subscribe to the channel and be sure to comment Yamamania down below. But I also want your other Dodgers takes as well. But welcome into the Dodgers Nation postgame show. Number one postgame show for the Dodgers on YouTube. Kicking off another season. First loss of the year, right? Let's get this one out of the way. Let's get this loss out of the way. But really, it was a win. Martin says, is Muncie okay? So let's dive right into that one. And then we'll circle back to some of your Yamamoto takes. Got Yams was so electric from Ocean View Coffee. Yamamania from Rita Lopez. Yama, no, no, a sure bet this season. I like that one too. First pitcher in Japanese history to throw no hitters in back-to-back season. So he's definitely fully capable of that. But we have to talk about the Max Muncy injury. And let's take a look at it here. You see Max Muncy gets hit right there on the hand. And he didn't do a great job. His left hand right there didn't do a great job picking up the ball, really getting a lot of range of motion with it right away. I mean, that has to hurt. But it just came out a few seconds ago that... Max Muncy has a left-hand contusion, no broken bone. The x-rays were negative, which, of course, is always a positive. But we'll see how he responds because he has a bruised hand. That's just what that is. How quickly will he be back in action? Will he have to miss time? Makes you wonder because he was trying to stay in the game, which he did, but ultimately he did leave the game, and you saw him in the dugout, and he had that hand wrapped up. So the good news is it's nothing more serious than what it could have been, right? The x-rays were negative. It's not a broken bone. It does make you wonder if he will have to miss any time. Hopefully he doesn't because Max Muncy, I think, needs some more reps at third base with his better conditioning 
and just to give himself a lot of confidence heading into the season. We got March Soul spring training loss. No matter what it sucks, see you, Doug, on the weekend of March 9th through the 11th. I'll see you, March Soul, for sure. It was Joe Kelly from Mr. Classic. Yeah, Joe Kelly didn't have his best appearance. Fire Swaggerty from Jason Diamond over on YouTube. One loss this spring training. Still not a bad record for the Dodgers. Yeah, I guess they're not going to go 192 0 and one, like we talked about, Andy Pothead. What is that about? So we got do underscore Sal. Yamamoto did exactly what I've been saying for months. Yeah, I mean, he was fantastic. It's just one start in a spring training game. But you saw the potential that he has in the show. This guy has a true four, five pitch mix that he can go to whenever he needs to, depending on the day. And I think he's going to throw more sweeper because he only threw it a handful of times per game last season, but you have more right-handed hitters that he's going to face at the big league level. So I think he's actually going to get better. Hugh Moore said he didn't want to stop pitching. LOL. Yeah, he was ready to go, man. He had the adrenaline going. He was all ready to continue in that game. And he's a competitor. I mean, just look at the Japan series where he was upset, where he wasn't happy about it. And then he comes back in game six, has 14 strikeouts and leads his team to a game seven with the Oryx Buffaloes. You saw him have almost 15 K per nine in the WBC yams is so crispy. I like that one too. Meyer league poor defense from Craig Osterberg. Joe Kelly laid an egg from Mr. Classic. Eliezer Hernandez laid an egg. Yeah. So Joe Kelly goes an inning, gives up two hits, one earned run. Eliezer Hernandez, two thirds of an inning, three hits, four earned runs. So Joe Kelly, He's out there working on stuff, trying to get his body right, trying to get the feel right. It's not something serious for him. They know what he's capable of. They know why they brought him back. He's striking out hitters at a higher rate than he's ever had during his career. He's throwing as hard as he ever has throughout his career. They know what they're getting in Joe Kelly, right? They're hoping to get 30, 40, ideally 50 innings if everything stays right and he stays healthy. And then you get a guy that can be a high leverage arm in the postseason. Whereas Eliezer Hernandez He's one of those non-roster invites that you were hoping that maybe possibly if everything works out, he provides depth and he gets opportunity. Unfortunately, a combination of him not pitching very well on the mound, missing his spots, not having great command, leaving stuff out over the plate and Swaggerty in the outfield, not playing good defense, got turned around on a ball, dove way too early for a ball. And it just, it hurt the defense and it hurt the team as far as, the run prevention goes. So not a good day for them. I thought Daniel Hudson going two thirds of an inning, having two strikeouts with a hit. He was looking like Daniel Hudson and that's what you want. Daniel Hudson is someone who isn't trying to reinvent himself. He's simply trying to pick up where he left off a few seasons ago before he hurt that knee before he tore his ACL against the Braves. And then he hurt his MCL sprained that MCL and hurt that when he tried to make a comeback last season. But I think that the way he looked, he looked like, okay, I see the Daniel Hudson from a couple years ago in on him. And I think the confidence is going to build. I still think that one of these guys, as long as they can stay healthy, and that is the big if, especially for these older guys in this bullpen, they're going to go out there and they're going to perform similar to what they have in the past. And that's really what you want to see. So Daniel Hudson, that was a positive Joe Kelly, hard contact. Definitely got rocked a little bit, but look, he's just going through the process. He's a veteran. I'm not worried at all about Joe Kelly. And then how about this Austin Barnes, a base hit? Are you kidding me? Pop champagne. When's the parade? Austin Barnes gets a base hit and he also did a fine job with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. So give him some credit. And then I think the story for the young guys 
has to be Andy Pajes. Andy Pajes is going to make it very difficult for the Dodgers to not give him an opportunity. This is someone hits the ball hard. He can rake. He can play good defense, has the best outfield arm in the system right now. And you look at the day he had, he goes one for two, had the home run in the fifth inning of Josh Spores, Dodgers legend. And you see the potential. He looks like a big leaguer. He feels like a big leaguer. And here's when I was thinking, I was watching that game. Look, I hope that Jason Hayward, I hope that Jason Hayward has another great year for the Dodgers and that him and Freddie Freeman can be BFS for the entire season. He's a great clubhouse president. But last season, Jason Hayward, a 121 weighted runs created plus, hit 15 home runs, hit 269. He was in a specialized role against right-handed pitching. If he starts to struggle, because in 2022, a 61 weighted runs created plus. In 2021, a 70 weighted runs created plus. So the two seasons before he joined the Dodgers, he was one of the least productive hitters in the game. I think that Jason Hayward is going to be solid, but if he does regress and get closer to the player that he was before he got with the Dodgers, you look at Andy Pajes sooner than later in right field, and maybe he joins the right field mix. Even if Max Muncy has to miss some time, Chris Taylor at third, Miguel Rojas at third, Kike Hernandez at third, and then maybe you see some Mandy Pajes in the outfield. So I'm very encouraged by Andy Pajes. We talked a lot about him during the morning show about, look, this is someone who has raked, and he he got injured after playing just 34 games. He hurt his labrum, so he did miss significant time, but this is someone who hits the ball hard. He has a higher walk rate than most, a 70% walk rate in the minor leagues. The strikeout rate isn't too high, under 22%. So you look at his numbers right there, the strikeout to walk ratio, the isolated power, and how those align. And everything indicates that Andy Pajes is going to be a big league player. And I think he's one that has a lot of momentum, and he's definitely one of the bright spots so far for the Dodgers. But let's dive in the comment section. What are your thoughts on on, on Pajes? On Joe Kelly, on Gavin Lux, we're going to talk about here in a second. What are your thoughts on Max Muncy? When is Kike going to play? Good question. He's at Camelback Ranch. He's getting back, and I think that he's going to be probably in there sooner than later. I mean, he definitely is someone that I'd anticipate at some point later this week. Adamus is trash. That's from 275 Vet. So it looks like you guys are talking about Adamus. Lux, footwork, bad, and worse throws from Craig Osterberg. Yaomania, command. That's from Golf. Old school underscore forever. Where are the Giants lames at? Yeah, we talked about them earlier. Can you believe that? Mr. Classic, don't have confidence in Gavin Lux. Yeah, how about this? I'll ask you this right now. On a scale of 1 to 10, and just it's just one game at shortstop, let's not overreact here. But just in general, what are your thoughts on Gavin Lux defensively? On a scale of 1 to 10, what is your confidence level on Gavin Lux? Mr. Classic, Daniel Hudson was good. Evan Phillips was good as usual. Yeah, those are guys I'm not worried about. Evan Phillips, he went out there. He was breaking bats, inducing soft contact. The way the cutter plays, Evan Phillips is that man. He is one of the top 10 best relievers in the sport. Justin over on YouTube says 5 Geshmake says one for your Gavin Lux confidence level. Max Muncy, but still can play better th than you and skinny jeans. Yo mama. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, negative eight. So that's definitely reload. That's from abs. Katraz. We got Joe Lux getting worried. That's from Joe. Give Lux a chance. That's from Adam. Eight one eight. Justin Lamas has one. The Lux defenders don't know ball. That's from backup PPP. 
so yeah, I mean, look, it's a very small sample size, but if you look at the play with Gavin Lux, it was, it looked like a guy who was just a little rusty. Looked like a guy that needs more reps during spring training to fully get over the hump, to kind of turn the corner and kind of have that mental breakthrough as well as physical breakthrough, right? I mean, you saw the play and it's a routine ground ball. It's one out bottom of the fifth inning and he fields it. He has plenty of time, but he turns it into an off balance throw. He throws off the wrong foot and he doesn't step into it. And he already has from an arm strength standpoint, one of the weaker arms compared to most MLB shortstops. He had an average velocity of 79.4 miles per hour, which was 47th of 51 qualified shortstops when he filled in for Corey Seager a few years ago. So he can't rely on just pure talent to get that throw done. He needs to work on the technique and the mechanics behind it. And he has to have the instincts and sense to know, look, I have time. I can settle down. I can gather and I can step into this throw and it just was not one of the best throws that we've seen. And it turns out as an error. And by the way, there's something about the in-game interviews and the errors. Have you noticed that? They cut away to an interview, turns out as an error. That was when they cut away to the Yoshinobu Yamamoto post-game presser. And it turns out to be an error for Gavin Lux. I'm just saying, look, I'm just saying, I've noticed it more than one occasion, but yeah, like I said, it, they're going to go back and review the tape. He was throwing off his wrong foot. He didn't step into it. The technique just wasn't there. And then he comes back the next inning and he misses a home run by just a little bit, a little bit of warning track power right there. I will say, and I've said this this entire off season and you guys know I'm a big Gavin Lux guy, just because if you can hit on him at the shortstop position, you give yourself a very affordable player under multiple years of team control at a premium position. Having said that, though, defense on the left side with Max Muntz and Gavin Lux, if both of those guys are going to be below average, that's going to cause some problems. So it's going to be a big question they're going to have to answer. Can Gavin Lux get the job done? I spoke to Brandon Gomes about the idea of Gavin Lux at shortstop, and I asked him, I said, hey, did you guys go back? and break down his performance in 2021 and kind of look at those metrics. And did that help determine whether or not you wanted to give him the keys to that position moving forward? And he said, look, we went back and looked at that, but he's a very different player now than he was in 2021. And I agree that you definitely can grow and you can get experience at that position. I think just having one position that you know is yours it's going to help from a routine and confidence standpoint, knowing, okay, this is where I'm going to be. So I'm not worried about trying to learn the outfield. I'm not worried about being a second baseman or anything like that, or a third baseman. But having said all that, we need to see it. We need him to prove to us that he can get it done defensively. And until he does, we are going to wait and see. And look, I'm not saying to go out there and call the Brewers today for William Adamas, but you can't let defense cost you on the margins and defense matters, especially with the restricted ship. Cause let's not forget he's coming back from an LCL an MCL, a hamstring injury. And he hasn't played shortstop where you have the restricted shift, where you have to have better reads on the ball. You have to rely on your rangey 
this, the fact that you want to have a little more athleticism and lateral movement side to side. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a big question moving forward. Can he get it done at the shortstop position? Because he graded out as an above average second baseman, but not an above average shortstop. But uh, here we got 275 vet. I'm sure he's got a lot going through his head. Irie had an ACL playing, keeping hockey and it was months before I stopped thinking about it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot going into it. I mean, not just experience, but the mental side of it. But I think at the end of the day, is a performance-based business. And he said it's everyone's dream, every baseball player's dream to be the shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Well, I still think he has a lot of work to do to realize that dream full-time. Trade Vargas and Cut Barnes. That's from Jason Diamond. You guys line up the comments. You got Samuel L. as a $2 super chat. You know, I appreciate it. We'd probably use that on some carne asada fries. Fiducia throwing out a runner. Barnes over two. Okay, so we got Fiducia. Think about this. Trevor Ellis says, hello from Fiji. Is Max okay? You the man, D-Mac. Thanks, Trevor Ellis. I really appreciate you. So x-rays negative on Max Muncy. It is a contusion. Hopefully, it's nothing more serious than that. It's a left-hand contusion, no broken bones. That's the most important thing right now. Will you miss some time? Maybe. Probably it's not going to be significant time, though, right? I'll subscribe for a jersey. Be Guzman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this we're going to do giveaways all season long. We're going to give you an inside glimpse at all the inner workings of Dodger baseball. We're going to Korea. When I say we, I mean me and all you out there. So definitely be sure to subscribe to the channel. Also head over to DodgersNation.com for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, updates, analysis, and more. You're going to find it right over there. And subscribe to all our social channels. If you're watching the Dodgers games, you're either going to want to watch it on our app or on X. When you do that, every single out is accounted for. You got the in-game game feed, so be sure to subscribe and Follow us over on the X. Y'all made Y'all made Dodgers lost today. Season's over from crazy. Yeah, pack it up. It's over, right? Thank you, fans. Post the thank you, fans graphic, okay? The season's over. We got uh, 20351. What do we have here? We got uh, so. Oh, we got area codes. Drop those cities, guys. I don't know area codes. Just give me cities. Give me cities. I know the 626, the 818, 310. I'm a 310. Used to be a 626. I now work in the 626. 213 is a great rap group. With Nate Dog, Warren G, and Snoop. We got uh, Mr. Classic. Y'all know what a contusion is? <laughs> yeah. They don't jump to contusions. No, but uh, we got uh, the greatness. The way Yao Mania pitches reminds me of 2015 Zach Granke, which is more than this team needs. That's a great comp right there for sure. Contusion is a fancy word for bruise, exactly. And we pointed that out a little medical jargon. Uh, better to be out now than opening day for sure. Denny Cortez. We got uh, <laughs> we got uh, Netflix promotions. Warrior, what's Warrior about? Asian gangsters, eighteen hundred. I'll, I'll have to peep that. I'll have to peep that. Top ten. I gotta I gotta check that Warrior out. Gary A. Lux sucks if you don't already know. Ouch. Leave Lux alone. That's from two seventy five. So yeah, I mean he continues to be one of the more hotly debated Dodgers, and today. If you're looking for ammo against Lux, you got it. But then put things into perspective. It's his first game back coming off a serious injury, okay? He's going to need some time for us to accurately assess his defensive ability at that position. But JR, does Lux not know how to set his feet? He's always throwing like that. JR, yeah, that's why I think there is the mental component where take a breath, don't rush things. When you're nervous, when you are overthinking, you tend to rush things, right? When you're confident, when you are 
someone who's assured in his ability, you're going to take things at a right pace. And I think for him, if you're Gavin Lux, he'll kind of learn that, okay, I have a much better chance of completing this throw if I'm gathering myself and I'm stepping into it. Because if you had the best arm, if you had like Manny Machado's arm or something like that, yeah, maybe you could live with some bad technique. He's not someone that can get it done if he's using bad technique. But uh, Daniel Hudson was good. Mr. Classic, we talked about him. Hudson looked good. Trinan looked good yesterday. So I'm very encouraged by these guys that are coming back from injuries. So these older guys that have been great in the past, can they do it again, though? Geshmeg Lux is a nice guy, but does he really have what it takes to stay on the Dodgers? We're going to find out. That's for sure. Lux is still making errors. That's from David E. BC, he could start off hot like Outman did. Pajes also had a triple. Craig Osterberg. Yeah, that's the thing about Andy Pajes, man. Andy Pajes can absolute flat out rake. And now Dodgers fans that if they didn't know already, they're very familiar with him. Now, Pajes and Ramos have both been two of the better hitters for the Dodgers during spring to the best. Can we package Lux and Vargas for a real shortstop? That's from JR. The issue when it comes to shortstops is there's just not many of them on the planet. And I've talked about this a couple different times on this show that look, either they're locked up or they can play great defense and they're bad offensively. But if you look at last season, just in particular, there's not that many shortstops that can play decent defense and give you an above average bat. Well, last time Gavin Lux was, was playing, he wasn't above average bat. He was cl hitting close to 300. He was someone who was avoiding those slumps. He was hitting 129 weighted runs created plus and biting at the bottom of the lineup acting as a second leadoff hitter. But last season in major league baseball, there were exactly 10 count them 10 shortstops in the game. They were average to above average bats and they don't grow on trees. You had Dansby Swanson, you had Trey Turner, Bobby Witt Jr., Xander Bogarts, Francisco Lindor, Bo Bichette, Gunnar Henderson, Wander Franco, who will not be playing this year, J.P. Crawford, and Corey Seager. I remember that guy. So it just is very rare to get a shortstop that can get it done with the glove and give you some pop or some consistency with the stick. And that's what makes the Gavin Lux experiment so intriguing is he showed the last time he was healthy back in 2022 that he has the ability to be an above average bat. He was a guy who put up a three F war season in 2022, hit 276, was 14% above league average based on weighted runs created plus, did hit just six home runs, wanted to see more power, did kind of sacrifice some of that power for average, but still, you got to give Lux a chance. Let's see how he fares. Let's see if he can improve defensively. Let's see how the bat looks, but... I'd be lying to you if I didn't say, you guys know I keep it a buck, keep it 100 here. You can't completely commit to Gavin Lux until he proves he can get it done defensively because we know Mookie's going to be the second baseman, right? And Gavin Lux grayed out as an above second baseman. Guess what? That position is filled, okay? Freddie at first, Muncie at third this year, Mookie at second, Gavin Lux. I mean, look, Muncie bad defense, right? 36 home runs over hundred RBI, right? So you kind of see kind of makes you have a little more appreciation for Max Muncy who was able to do defensively. But yeah, the big stories today, you got 
Yamamoto went out there, was absolutely impressive. He shined in his Dodger debut. One hit, three punchies, no walks, two innings of work. You saw that splitter. That's going to be the best splitter. Devastating splitty. Nastier than a gas station at a music festival. This guy was absolutely dominant. And then you saw after the game, he feels like he is just going through the process and he's going to get that much better. So I want to point out too, having Otani in that dugouts must see TV, having Otani there with the smiles, just being loose with his teammates, being there for Yamamoto. I love, I noticed this too. I love how he has the two cups, right? For the sunflower seeds. Most guys, they chew their seeds, spit on the ground. Not Otani. He's got the second cup, so he doesn't dirty up the dugout. So feels like the man just can't do anything wrong, but a couple other things. Yeah, we got the Lux. We got the Muncie. Pajes was great. Hudson looked good. Joe Kelly, not his best afternoon. Barnes got a base hit. Eliezer Hernandez got rocked a little bit. Quickly, a Walker Bueller update here at the end. Bueller said he felt really good during his live BP yesterday. His fastball was sitting around 94, 95. He said he needs about three or four live BPs before he's ready for a game action opportunity, but he's someone that felt like he was a lot more encouraged about the afternoon. So yeah, I think things are trending upward for Walker Bueller. So that's definitely somebody to feel good about, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Dodgers nation post game show. We'll do a couple walk-off shots right now. Give me your hottest Dodgers takes and we'll do some walk-off shots down below. We got Julie. Like I said, killer on the storm is Yamamoto. Shout out to the doors. J.R. Kike signing doesn't make sense when you have a lot of good ball players in AAA ready at the moment. Hey, are they? do they? Do those guys you talk about have an 893 postseason OPS, right? They can play eight positions if you include the pitcher spot. So Otani spits in a cup out of fear. Look at this one from Jose. Otani spits in a cup out of fear that his DNA will be used to clone him. LOL, JK. That's the comment of the show from Jose over on YouTube. Golf Grouch Mookie will be the 2024 World Series MVP. I like that hot take. Paje is cool. Best take by Vargas. Trying to hurt me with that one, Joel. I see what you did right there. But that's going to do it. We got the Dodgers win next game. Kike opening day shortstop. Yama Mania is like Fernando mania. We got, I don't know why I like Teoscar and Pajes. I'd rather have Oki getting more at bats. Barnes not doing get done. That's from Dan Lamas trade lugs for Hollywood lifestyle. Okay. How about no good day from Japan. That's from never heard. Thanks for rock with us from Japan, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Dodgers nation post game show. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. If you haven't yet do us a huge favor and join the party and subscribe to the Dodgers nation YouTube channel. If you want to be eligible for that Yamamoto jersey, two two things: subscribe to the channel and comment Yamamania down below. Remember, another brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel, and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, "Didn't see that coming." and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.